0: Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia and it is Time for the TT Time with Dr. Tarver is a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. Welcome to the third week of April. Yes, time is moving by very quickly. I'm sure some of you may have known young people to go to prom over this past week or Maybe you got a chance to do some things in the yard as we get ready for spring, or perhaps you just took some time to take care of yourself this weekend. This month, we are focusing on a series entitled, You Thought I Was Worth Saving. Week one, we discussed I don't know how to fix them, in which I provided some strategies to address the people you love who may engage in unhealthy behaviors that they may or may not be willing to change, so the people that may struggle with going to therapy even though we recognize it may be a benefit to them. Last week we discussed shame and guilt and how it affects our worth in our episode entitled The Guilt and Shame of It All. And this week we will be discussing the effects of mental and physical illness as well as loss of abilities on worth. And this episode is entitled I can't do what I want, what I want, so I want to do what I can. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. So one of my favorite clients started seeing me after an injury left him with pretty significant cognitive, physical, and mental challenges. And part of this struggle was the way that he saw himself, how he identified himself. It was shattered. And he described feeling like less than a man. He lost things from strength, financial stability, um, to a relationship, driving abilities, just not being able to work was something that he had, something he had done since he was, back in the day, you could work uh, before you were legally able to work. Uh, And so as a child, even, he had been working. And so this was the first time in his life where he wasn't able to do all of the things that he was used to being able to do. And at this point, he became a liability and needed more assistance when he previously have provided all the help and support, help and support to other people. If you have ever experienced a significant event in your life that stops you from being able to work, if you've ever had to apply for disability, social security benefits, or um, try to get compensated through your job because you were injured on the job, through workers' comp, then you know that it is a very long journey. And a lot of people aren't really able to support themselves during this time. So in addition to all of the physical and emotional and and psychological things that people are experiencing, the changes literally in their bodies from somebody who was very capable and active the day before an incident to someone who is struggling now. Like it, is, it is a very tough process for people, and it alters how you see yourself. It can be so demoralizing, and that makes it very easy for us not only to feel hopeless, but also to feel worthless. So I want to talk about some of the illnesses, some of the loss of abilities, the conditions that we can experience in our lives that affect our work. Uh, i worth. Y'all forgive me. I took a a cold (laughs) pill for this podcast. And it's like, girl, get your words together. Uh, But if y'all work with me, I'll work with you. So I want to talk a little bit first about some of the mental health conditions, because I think a lot of times we can be very dismissive of the effects of mental health on functioning. And we want people to just snap out of it and, and do more. And truthfully, people are very much struggling. And so it's not that they may not have a desire to necessarily do things as much as they may not be able to have enough resources to do things. So, for example, depression, particularly moderate to severe depression, literally zaps your motivation. We've talked about intrinsic motivation. And so that is our desire that comes from within to get things done, not because there will be a reward for them, but but simply because our value system, our work ethic um, dictates that we do these things. That's an expectation we've created for ourselves. Well, what depression does is it takes away our motivation. It affects our ability to process information. And so everything feels like it's so much slower and harder, Um, takes so much more energy to get done. I often liken it to trying to walk through a big vat of molasses. It's like I can see the edge of this container, but I can't get to it even though I feel like I'm trying and moving. And it feeds what I refer to as stinking thinking. You've probably heard me say that before, which is when we tend to maximize negatives and we minimize positives. And so we think about all of the negative images we have of ourselves all of the self-criticism that we have of ourselves that is that voice gets so very loud when we are depressed and in particularly what because what comes along with depression is literally the zapping of energy sometimes people honestly have difficulty even being able to do basic things like get up and do their hygiene so needless to say worthlessness will be a part of a significant depressive episode And it can be very easy for people to wonder, like, what is the point? If this is going to be my life every day, why bother? And so you begin to feel trapped. You're powerless to actually change your circumstances. And even though us in our well-meaning ways, we say, try this, try this, do this. Just come out. You'll feel better. It can just be so debilitating for people that even though they want to, they literally find themselves at war with their thoughts that talk them out of doing things and a body that feels like it's betraying them because it doesn't have the energy or the desire. So we get on this loop and we've talked a little bit about sometimes how that loop can look like. So I'm depressed, which means I'm not doing much, which means I'm probably doing a lot of sitting and laying around and eating, which means I'm going to gain weight. Then I'm going to feel bad about myself because I'm gaining weight and I'm eating and I'm not active. Um, And then I'm going to start intaking things uh, because I don't want to have to deal with this discomfort. So I'm going to look for things to soothe me. That might be food, that might be beverages, um, might be other substances. Then I feel ashamed. And then the cycle continues. And so literally, that's why I call it a loop, because it almost feels like you can't get off. So if you've ever been on um, interstate, I, I really know disrespect to those of you in Atlanta cannot stand the highways in Atlanta. It is so easy to just keep going on a loop if you don't realize like, oh, I need to get over in this right lane um, and be able to go slightly right um, and for me to be able to get off this loop. So sometimes that's how depression feels for us, but also severe anxiety can feel that way too. It can be very paralyzing. Um, The overthinking I think is what is most exhausting for people because we literally cannot turn our minds off. So we're talking ourselves out of things, we question everybody's motives, we're critiquing ourselves, we're um, at a point where it's difficult to make decisions, we may feel obligated or guilty, can lead to perfectionism and avoidance, which talked about in some previous episodes. And then we find ourselves trying to reduce our anxiety in any way we can. And so now I'm getting groceries delivered, I'm using pickup so I don't have to go into the store and I don't have to interact. I'm not showing up to the family gatherings. I'm not engaging socially with anyone. And I wanna stay in the comfort of my home because it feels like a safe space, even though my mind is still going. um, But within this space, I feel like I can control it. Whereas I can't control things outside of the home. This is where agoraphobia can come in. We're so worried about the future. It's very difficult for us to be in our present. And so our quality of life um, then becomes in question because I wonder, Like, what does it mean for me? Particularly if there's any kind of medical issues, we definitely can sit and catastrophize about how our health may get worse. And then at its worst, what would that look like? And then how am I going to be impacting the people in my life? And that leads to kind of chronic illness or disabilities, which very much alter our lives. So I may have multiple appointments, multiple providers, what seems like endless medications procedures that I'm engaging in, we tend to see our health is very poor, particularly in comparison to other people. Uh, We often may feel like we become our our disability, our illness, our condition, Uh, and also we know that physical can affect cognitive, and so it may be that now I'm also limited in terms of being able to think and process and remember. And so all of these things I'm dealing with with regard to my health feels like it just dominates my world and therefore conversations with people. And so now I feel like I'm a burden, that I'm just a heaviness, a gloom that comes into a room because I'm dealing with all of these things that people don't want to have to deal with. We look back at who we were, um, maybe what we were able to do before this condition maybe became chronic or maybe we were born with some things and we've always had this, this limitations and we've just wondered what would it be like to experience it from someone else's perspective, the looks, the stares that we don't wanna get. It makes us uncomfortable people asking questions. Well, what happened? Uh, how did you get this way? And so we often end up just finding difficulty being able to have joy in our lives. And then if there was something like an accident um, it went have been a car accident, it could have been a work accident, it may have been um, a, a reaction to um, a, a procedure. And then now I don't have an identity outside of what I've lost because it was tied to my, a job or my abilities or maybe a skill set that I no longer am able to utilize. Then there are the changes we have in physical appearance. So perhaps I was in a relationship that was very violent. And this person who I was having a relationship with caused damage to my face, caused damage to my eyes, um, ended up injuring me. Perhaps I was in the military and maybe I lost an appendage. Um, And so I am altered now. Maybe there are changes in my size or weight. Maybe I have some legal blindness. Maybe I was born with a visual impairment. Perhaps there's a deformity. Um, maybe I, was, uh, I survived a burn um, that has affected the way I look possibly a skin disorder uh, maybe I have very bad psoriasis and so there's flaking there's um, all these skills on me that people stare at maybe I've got some swelling um, in my legs or some swelling in my face maybe I've had a stroke that's affected um, one side of my face uh, maybe I'm walking with a cane now or I have a limp or possibly um, there is something going on with my feet, um, or maybe I'm not able to walk. Uh, And we don't want people feeling sorry for us, and we definitely don't wanna feel like we're in a museum and people are staring at us, right? So all of these things can affect how we see ourselves. And what happens is it can destroy our sense of self when we see ourselves as an illness, or a condition, or a deformity, or a disability. And also there is this struggle of having things and then losing them. I've often heard people say, you take your body for granted until you're not able to utilize it in the same way. We describe ourselves from a place of what we do. When we introduce ourselves to people, what do do they ask us? Well, what do you do? Um, And so often when we don't have these things, it's very difficult for us to, again, have an identity illness changes how we see ourselves and how we see other people, which is why it's so easy for us to have some of this thinking thinking because our perceptions change. We don't feel competent anymore. We don't have that belief in our ability to do things because again, I can't do what I used to be able to do. And the more negative our self-evaluation, the louder that inner critic becomes. That voice that just nags and tell you, tells you that you're not enough, um, that you're not able to do these things, that you're going to fail, that people don't want to be around you. You're a bore. You're a bother. You're a drain. Distorted thinking leads also to distorted images of ourselves. And so we can end up um, getting to sort of the body dysmorphia or we can end up um, getting to that place of paranoia. Uh, we see ourselves as broken. We don't feel like we're a whole person. We're damaged. And of course, what does that mean? Yes, not only am I unworthy, but I'm incapable and I'm inadequate. And so I don't even see a strength in myself. I don't see any abilities anymore. All I see is limitations. And when we only see the limitations, it affects our ability to solve problems. It's hard for us to shift sets because we become stuck. And so often what people will talk to me about is I don't know what to do. And it is very difficult sometimes even to change your thinking when you've been in that place so long, um, because all that you do is revert back to that same negative thought pattern. And so even as people are giving you information that's contrary to what you think, you don't believe it, and it's hard for you to integrate it. And the truth is, we can be draining at times, because we need maybe more support than we used to, or maybe we don't want to ask for help, and so we're retreating inward. And so when people do try to talk to us and invite us to things, all we do is find reasons to say no. And so sometimes for them, they're like, okay, well, I'm just gonna stop asking because now I feel like I'm harassing you. Or maybe I'm beginning to internalize that it's not that there's anything wrong with you. You just don't wanna hang out with me, right? So you see this cycle, how easy it is to begin to get to a point where we have these perceptions of people that aren't accurate at all, but just based on perceptions that we have that are based on fallacies in our thinking. And it is so easy to feel alone that people are going on with their lives and doing other things and here you are, broken, different, needing more assistance, maybe incapable of doing things that you were able to do before. And so what connected you with people feels like it's so far and distant. Navigating illness is hard. You may need more breaks and rests. You may have impairments that um, you need accommodations. Maybe you need uh, a a support animal or maybe you need a cane or maybe you need um, a magnifying lens to be able to read things. Or maybe you need somebody to read things to you or you need Braille, which means when I go out, I have to do something different. I have to ask for things. And people may say, oh, we don't actually have that here. Or these menus have gotten to the point where. Now you scan a code and you look them up. But if I have a visual impairment, that's not going to help me. And so now I'm depending on somebody to give me information. And again, I don't want to be a burden. I may not have flexibility to go out and do things because medical treatments. Uh, Perhaps you have to do dialysis at home. And so that means you need to be in at a certain time. You need to be on your dialysis dialysis machine a certain amount of time. Again, maybe you feel like your body is going to fail you, so you can't trust it. It's unreliable. So you don't want to go somewhere and end up being in a situation where you have to go to the bathroom so urgently that you don't make it. Or you're trying to look and find the bathrooms in a place. Or you're altering what you eat and drink that day because you don't want your stomach to be upset. And truthfully, when we don't feel accepted, of course, that's going to feed into that negative self-worth. Right. If I feel different, if I feel odd. Um, If I feel judged, if I feel like I'm a burden, then I'd rather not be there, right? Because I'd rather not have to deal with what I perceive as rejection. So how do we address this? We know these are real things, first of all. So let me normalize for you that I do not in any way want to dismiss the experience of having to deal with disabilities, or changes in abilities, um, significant illnesses, chronic illnesses, debilitating illnesses. They're real, and there are absolutely things that we experience as a result of them. Allow yourself to feel. Give yourself grace. Some moments are going to be harder than others. Grieve the loss of things that you're no longer able to do. And also have patience with other people when they don't fully understand what you're experiencing. Give them grace, too. I think it's important that instead of us avoiding things that feel uncomfortable, that we talk about them and we think, oh, it'll fall on deaf ears. Nobody really cares. Perhaps I'm not giving people an opportunity to care because of my own shame around what I'm unable to do. There are things you are able to do. And so it's important for us to figure out what our strengths are. And that might require us to ask somebody, particularly if we're feeling stuck, because sometimes, again, we've been in that place of being so self-punitive and so self-critical. It's difficult for us to see things as strengths, because, again, we tend to minimize the positives and maximize the negatives. And it also may require us to look differently at what we perceive to be a strength and what we perceive to be success. It also involves us trying new things because we may need to develop new skills. We tend to rely on things that we know how to do that become easy for us, that we've had a chance to um, practice and fine tune. When you've lost the ability to use some of those things, it's important to recognize that there are new abilities that can come along. When I lose something, other things become stronger. And so it's important for me to figure out what those are. And it's also important for me to recognize that I have values and I have qualities that are phenomenal, about me that aren't tied to abilities and it's important for me to be able to see myself as a fully integrated person and not just what i can do but who i am and we want to make sure that we're giving space and time to identify proud moments so maybe today i got up and i was up a little little bit longer today maybe i went out somewhere new today maybe i tried something different today so making sure that every day you found something to be proud of yourself for. Hey, I put on clean pajamas. I did my hygiene today. I got a five minute walk in. It's important for us to recognize we're not going to be at the finish line when we start, (laughs) so we do need to go through the journey. Meaningful activity helps us be able to see other things because you can become a prisoner of your own mind if all you have is your thoughts. And so when we have meaningful activity, particularly activity that utilizes our positive qualities, then it allows us to be able to create new meaning, new experiences, new memories, right? So we're trying to change those neural pathways and create new information that reflects, yes, I'm different, but that doesn't mean I'm deficient. And it is important for us to engage socially. And I know that is sometimes the first thing we avoid. We don't want to have to deal with people. I don't want to have to navigate a wheelchair um, in this place. If doors are narrow, what happens when I got to go to the bathroom? Um, who's going to be able to get me, help me in and out of this chair? All of these things we think about. But it is important for us to talk to people about what our needs are, what we're struggling with, what has changed. And they can actually actually help us problem solve. It never ceases to amaze me how people will make room for you. They just need to know what you need. But also when we talk about things, it gives us some accountability, right? So if I want to be able to work through these difficulties and be able to accept this new version of me or this version of me that maybe has limitations, because all of us do, then I need some accountability as to what I'm doing to pour into myself, to love on myself, to accept myself. And that's why it's important to have a team. And your team might include different providers. Your team might include those friends. Um, Your team might include co-workers. Your team might include neighbors. You may get to a point where you recognize and identify certain places that are easier for you to navigate. And so they become um, a part of the team, the people that work at these places. So the more that we experience things, the more we know what options are out there. Nutritional wellness is always important because what we take in matters not just in terms of what we eat or drink, but also what we're hearing and what we're seeing. It's very important. And so we want to make sure that we're nurturing our wellness. And physical activity is also a part of that. Now, I may not be able to do physical activity in the same way, and I have to be kind to myself and my body with regard to what it is able to do. But sometimes I find that we also don't allow our bodies to see what they're capable of because, again, I can't do what I used to do, so I can't So I'm not going to do what I can do. I may be doing tear exercises. That may be something I can manage right now. Or maybe I'm going to be in a pool doing some uh, aquatic exercises. Maybe I'm switching to Pilates and not weights. There may be some different things that I can do that are smaller things that don't put so much wear and tear on my body, but it still allow me to be able to be active. And it is important that we integrate all the parts of ourselves. So the old parts, as well as our new existence, um, because those are still a part of you. Your ability to problem solve that you had is still there. Your ability um, to be able to be creative is still there. Your ability to be able um, to learn is still there, right? So all of us are different, but it's important for you to be able to look and see, okay, what are some things that I'm still able to do instead of me just feeling like, I have to shun, never look again, don't speak of, right, we're not talking about Bruno, Um, not speak of this person who is a part of me. Like, integration is me seeing all aspects of myself, those that I'm not able to utilize in the same ways and those new ones that I'm learning to utilize. And it's important that we also change our perspective on asking for help, that we don't look at it as a burden, that we don't look at it as we're now dependent and that there's anything I can't do for myself. And so that makes me a worthless human being, right? Asking for help is important because many hands make light work, because the the burden isn't as heavy when we have people to share it with, because sometimes people can challenge some of these negative core beliefs we have and give us a more accurate perspective. And that's why expressing ourselves is so important. You've got shame, talk about it. What helps shame is to put it in the light. Often our shameful behaviors are in the dark, in the in the secrecy and seclusion, particularly of our minds. Right. And that's what feeds it. But when I release it and talk to people about it, it no longer binds me. Talk about how you feel inadequate, that things are changed so people can let you know that you're still worthy and you're loved. Right. Because, again, we need some people to challenge these negative core beliefs or assumptions, projections that we're making on the people that may not be accurate which also speaks to us being able to express our needs and not feeling like we need to take responsibility for when people are disappointed if we can't do something or, excuse me, sneeze out of there, Um, feeling you need to protect people from what you're dealing with or believing that you're turning something down means you're a bad friend or a family member. And again, these are negative core beliefs that aren't accurate, but they're thoughts that we have. And until we put them out there, we won't allow ourselves to have them challenged. See these as investments in your wellness. Sometimes you're going to be tired. Sometimes it's not going to be a good health day. And that's okay. You might have had plans to go and they change. And it is okay for you to live in the space of that things change. And I'll try it again another time. I want you to challenge yourself when you can, but I also want you to love yourself no matter what you do or don't do. You are worthy on the days you have a lot and on the days you have a little. You are enough when you feel strong and on those days when you don't feel as strong. Because you matter not because of what you do, but because of who you are. Be well.